to Discograffiti and the Patreon-only interview of Scott Camberg, a.k.a. Spiral Stairs. This actually uh, went down quite a while ago. The Spiral Stairs episode is actually episode number eight. He did Roxy Music. It's a great episode. Uh, Scott was a gracious and excellent guest, truly informed and informative and very, very funny. This uh, interview actually happened in 2021. I must have been feeling a bit prescient because I held on to it for quite some time. And thank God Pavement announced that they were getting back together. Let's take a time machine back to last year as much as it's very, very painful to revisit those days. But it was a happy day that day. Here's a little beautiful interview we did at the end of the Roxy Music episode. Enjoy, Patreon soldiers of sound. And thank you so much once again for your support. So, Scott, you live in Mexico part-time. Is that correct or no? We've been in, we have been in Australia the last year and a half. And then before that, we were in Mexico for four years in Merida in Yucatan. Do they actually have burritos down there? Because I heard that those are those are truly just for fat Americans, uh, where tacos weren't big enough. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think they do have burritos in some places, but not not like the San Francisco kind of burrito. We're we're very familiar with those. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, tell us about if you can about your bar mitzvah and was Steve there? <laughs> bar mitzvah. I, well. Um, I never, I never had a bar mitzvah because I'm not Jewish. But um, oh, you're not no, Jewish. No, I'm not Jewish. Uh, okay, but let's I, cut. The, but let's I cut have this been, I've been, I have been to a bar mitzvah, and it probably, and it was with Steve because our friend, we had a really good friend in Stockton who was Jewish. So <laughs> I have been to one. <laughs> I like the idea of you and Steve at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Scott, when you were coming up in in Stockton, yeah, how far back did you and Steve start dreaming of doing what you're now doing? Oh, probably like uh, oh, 1980 or something. Like first year of high school, um, mm-hmm. we started listening. So, we started going to see like bands, and uh, he was like in a little punk rock band, and uh, but we'd go to San Francisco and see bands and. How did punk rock filter to you in a place like Stockton? Like, oh, I, I grew up in huge. I grew up in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale, and it's like it's like punk rock like just completely missed the air. Like it never like Black Flag must have like never played there or something. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like never happened for some reason. Yeah, probably. Uh, I I bet you they had though because they played everywhere. They played in Stockton. They probably played at the uh, in in Miami. But uh, yeah, it got you know California punk rock was huge. It was you know like. Um, it was uh you're getting some of like the san francisco scene there. yeah yeah we would get like the avengers and yeah like, all that we, we had right. all those bands come over dead kennedys so like way pre slanted and enchanted uh yeah if i looked at uh, uh, your and steve's trapper keepers from that era uh-huh. what were some of the band names you guys were maybe concocting <laughs> uh well, we had a band called bago bones um right. uh what were some other band names um Lake Speed, I think, was one of his names. Uh, um, what was, oh, God, what was, uh, Pie? Pie. Um, that's solid. Yeah. That's oh, solid. Oh, man, you, you really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running with that. Uh, I'm totally going to go see a band called Pie. <laughs> yeah. Are you sick to death of traveling already? I mean, yeah. you've lived in 
you've lived in Stockton, L.A., Australia, Mexico. I know I'm missing a, a bunch of places, yeah, right? Yeah, we've been we've been pretty. Uh, a lot of logistics going on in this family. And then you also did like for you know in the in those days with pavement, you did a lot of van touring, right? When when did you yeah. switch over to the bus? Oh, uh, we 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 waited a while. We waited until mm-hmm. the very. It might have been the last tour, but I think we wow, kind of so dabbled. All the way I think wow. we dabbled in it for the Bright in the Corners tour. We might have had a bus for a little bit, but uh-huh. but I think mostly. Uh, the very last tour touring in a van is really the like seeing the country experience um yeah <laughs> that, you, that you maybe don't necessarily want <laughs> it was pretty fun for us because we had we, we actually had two or three vans so it was like uh-huh. so you know like uh, you know like bob and and west could go and um uh, go to a horse track or something or and right, I, could, right. I could go, go me and malcolmus could go golfing or uh uh, or go to Mark. Mark would take us to a, you know a nice weird restaurant, you know. So we had that separation. I want to ask you about about ninety two ninety three era. Yeah, there is uh, something that I wrestle with, which is this odd thing. West is obviously you know the perfect drummer for the band. He's got this relaxed vibe that fits right behind the pocket, and you know also he, his fills. He's got great fills. Yeah, yeah. But there is. <laughs> this thing that must be so annoying for you because I know personality wise it was a miss 100% miss with Gary Young mm. but in my personal opinion and uh, you know our friend Rick and you know we we have all kinds of nerdy discussions all the time mm. the the confluence of what you're playing and Gary's drumming is inimitable there's no other yeah. was the tension of personalities part of what created that kind of you know once in a once in a lifetime vibe no it was there was no tension really it was more like it was more kind of just uh it was it just kind of fit you know we were kind of we kind of just had these like little rambling songs and or or not rambling. They were kind of at that time. It was more um, uh, verse, chorus, verse kind of thing. And and uh, but his like over the top kind of prog drumming would just it just it made us laugh. You know that was and more than anything because at that time we didn't care what what people thought of it. We were just like this is this made us laugh and it made us happy and mm-hmm. and he was perfect at that. You know because he would just do he'd pull out these like rolls and stuff and. And you'd look behind and you'd just start laughing, you know? It, it was, it was kind of... <laughs> it's, it's kind of the postmodern thing again. It's kind of that, like, uh, the, the, the kind of, like, uh, mixing those styles. Or he's, you know, you, you guys are kind of in that punk rock space. And yeah. he's kind of got that prog influence. So, and then there's no boundaries, really. Yeah, now. it just made it a little weirder. And I think that's what we like. Right, it's unexpected. Yeah. You know, we, we just did Van Halen. Whoa. And there's this lineage of bands where one guy is admitted into the band because he has an element of gear that people need. <laughs> and so David Lee Roth was literally had a PA and they needed a fucking PA. <laughs> Gary Young had a studio. He had a, so, he had a studio. You know, it's interesting the tension that that kind of uh, band creation, when it's centered around that, can create. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's, a, it's an interesting lineage. Yeah. Um, so when you're in a sort of zeitgeisty band like Pavement, 
is it just does it just eventually become a stupid fucking albatross to creating new material afterwards? <laughs> no, uh, it's been hard over the years because of, uh, yeah, because of that lineage, you know. But um, I'm I'm way past that, you know. I think the first Preston School things, you know, I kind of got saddled with a little bit of like, you know, not as good as pavement kind of thing, and um, which is understandable. Um, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I think it's not even, it's not, I mean, like when you're sitting down, like to start writing something. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. No, it does, not anymore. It doesn't, I can, yeah. I can care less. It's been so long, you know, like when I have to kind of go back and, and relearn the pavement songs, it's, uh, when I've tried in the past to do that, I've kind of like, I kind of get bored. And yeah, so uh, well, I feel like in your in your, on your both on the Preston School records and on your uh, solo albums, it's it there it this doesn't really sound very pavement. No, no, it, it, no. It's just, you're doing something different on those it's, records. It's, it, you can have a different voice as yeah, a writer. Yeah, it's more my style, and I mean, I yeah. mean, pavement was my style back then, but like, you know, that was so long ago, and and I'm more I'm way more influenced by Roxy music now than I was then. <laughs> the very first single, uh, uh. The sleigh track single we did uh there's a song on there that's heavily influenced by some eno eno stuff like i said which one she believes uh no uh from now on there's like this kind of okay yeah. there's this like kind of synthesizer part in there that's really kind of cool to show you the level of my pavement fandom in the in the mid 90s maybe you remember this dave I we were living in San Francisco. So this is must have been ninety five or so, right? Mm. So I uh, I had acquired a new bong. <laughs> it was my <laughs> it was my new prized bong, and I found a sticker at a shop on Haight Ashbury. Um, it was a uh, it was a it was for the Kentucky cocktail single. Mm. <laughs> there, was a, nice. there was a sticker, and it went on my bong, which I would refer to as. We'd be like, would you like a Kentucky cocktail? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Nice. Awesome. We were living the dream. Yeah, time. we really were. <laughs> I would love to talk about the song Hit the Plane Down, and especially how Pavement managed to like... One of the things I loved about the... What I love about Pavement is that some of the songs have this uncanny... Like, you like you know it's some sort of classic rock song, but you can't put your finger on what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That song is kind of like that to me. Like I know it isn't another song, but it, it's it's like it, I feel like there's this like my brain is trying to sort it as like a like a Steve Miller band song. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's, there's something like could, there's like I can't really quite make the connection. You have a very interesting brain. It could be. It could <laughs> be because Malcolmus love loves Steve Miller. So right. I don't know. <laughs> I like Miller's early shit. He was a he had some really colorful psychedelic stuff early on. Ooh, Bay Area guy. Hey guys, yeah. I've, I've really got to go now because I got to go deal with this. Uh, pick my pick okay. my kid up and stuff. And uh, okay, um, uh, before you go, what's the best song you've ever written? What's the worst <laughs> song you've ever written? Oh fuck. That's a, that's a, you can give us just the best if you want. Uh, you better hurry uh, because you got to pick your kid up. Now. Uh, the best. You better give us a quick, a quick answer that's not thought through too much. <laughs> Probably Angel Eyes, off of the, uh, or Mother's Angel. I think it's called Angel Eyes off my last record. I mean, off my Doris and the Jaggers record. Um, Good record. Yeah, is. I like that. And then you know that kind of, I, I ripped that off of from Roxy Music too. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll let you go. Okay. Hey, wait. What's the what's your worst song? Worst song? I don't know. Hit the plane down. <laughs> <laughs>
Scott, Scott, dude, you are a class act all the way. I wish you a world of luck with your new record. All Thanks, your man. most recent stuff has been incredible. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.